listening to Nerdy for 30, where myself, Tim Keck, and friend, companion, fellow nerd, Kevin Bauer, talk about different nerdy topics, give our takes, try and wrap it up under 30 minutes. Sometimes we go long, sometimes we go under. Who knows? We're just having fun. This week, we're talking Godzilla versus Kong. We both watched it. Kevin. Going into this movie, who were you rooting for, Godzilla or King Kong? Going into this movie, you know, I'm rooting for my boy Godzilla. What? Were you coming into this, Kong? Wow! I'm Team Kong all the way. Well, this is kismet right here. Look at that. <laughs> so, I gotta, I gotta ask, is it just because the Kong movie from 2017 is way better than any of the Godzilla movies that have come out in the past couple years? It's because of thumbs, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> Kong's the only one that even looks kind of like us. The big, the big problem with these movies, I'll skip the big problem right away, is that these are, these movies are never about the people in them. It's no. like Alexander Star- Starsgard or whatever is in this movie. He doesn't need to be in this movie. I really just want to watch Godzilla and Kong fight. Every Godzilla movie, they're like, this is a cool one. This is going to be crazy. Brian Cranston's going to be in it. And it's like, well, is Brian Cranston going to grow to 100 stories and fight Godzilla? No. Well, then I don't give a fuck that Brian Cranston is in this movie. Okay. I want to go on record right now and say that <laughs> if Brian Cranston did grow and fight Godzilla, oh. I would be rooting for Brian Cranston. It would be my favorite movie of all time. Uh, I, I would I would be I'd be telling I'd be climbing mountains and rooftops and just shouting to the world. Everyone, please watch Godzilla versus Brian Cranston. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's just a real <laughs> gritty. <laughs> he just fights. It. It's like a bar fight. But one of them's Brian Cranston. And the other one is a giant nuclear powered lizard who crawls out of the ocean to destroy Tokyo. And the only thing standing between Godzilla's way is Brian fucking Cranston. And he fights dirty. Oh, he fights Cranston, dirty. You know, when he got hit with the growth ray, he had some stuff in his pockets and he's ready to <laughs> dig it out and use it. He's wrapping metal chains around his fists and just yeah, beating he's got Godzilla his keys with him. in between his fingers. <laughs> he's he can't fighting open his house with him right now anyway. They're way too big. I mean, he's fighting pretty much the way King Kong in this movie has to fight. So I I think the odds going in, the odds heavily in favor of Godzilla. There's no way you're King talking Kong Vegas odds here. I'm I'm talking the Vegas odds. The spread is like let's see, plus 8. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's King Kong plus eight versus Godzilla. I don't know what the eight is. <laughs> There's no points. It's a big spread. <laughs> We're talking football numbers. It's like plus plus fifty. Got King Kong. I don't know. Uh, you uh, you aren't able. <laughs> by the time the fight starts, you are not able to bet on Kong anymore. Or you're not no. able to bet. You're not able to bet on Godzilla anymore. My my gambling. My lack of gambling knowledge is coming through, but. Godzilla, but radioactive across. radioactive lizard, shoots a beam of nuclear power. King Kong, what, big monkey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who cares? What does he have? How could he possibly defeat Godzilla? Well, the answer, Tim, as we find out later in this movie, is uh, an axe that was left for him <laughs> by his ancestors in... 
the center of our hollow earth, but there's a lot there to unpack. And uh, I want to start off at the beginning of this movie. I want to point out, I would love for you to do that. I just want to point out this axe made from a piece of Godzilla. So the only thing that can defeat Godzilla is Godzilla himself. It's like if kryptonite was made of Superman. (laughs) Exactly. If Batman, in an attempt to fight Superman, pulled out Superman's pinky and just waved it around him, (laughs) it'd be the same thing. It's the perfect plan. So you mentioned that uh, these movies never focus on the people. This movie did something really interesting, which is that it opened on Kong just kind of hanging out uh, on what at the time we believed to be Skull Island. Um, even the way the shots were framed, we're aware of his scale, but he was framed to be normally sized in these shots, like the size that you would expect if it was a movie starring Jake Johnson. It's the size that you would expect Jake Johnson to be portrayed on screen. So in effect, it just made like the cliff that King Kong was laying up against look like sofa sized. When I saw that, I was like, holy shit, they're actually going to do it where they make the monsters the protagonists. Uh, and then we got the same same exact dick pulling where it's like, no, the humans are the stars. Uh, we're just never going to care about them. But they're the stars. They're the stars. All right. King Kong, although he doesn't have much of a character arc, is the protagonist of this movie. For all practice, mm-hmm. he's he's the story. He's the emotion. Godzilla is an emotionless lizard. King Kong is about as human as a, a giant titan or the underworld or whatever can get. Uh and I I can relate the idea that this is a monster that doesn't have family and stuff and he's all by himself and he's scared and confused when he's brought to this new world. It, it, there's a, there's a way that this is compelling. I don't know if this movie necessarily nailed it, but I, I don't know. King Kong is a much more compelling character. Godzilla. It's hard to feel sympathetic for Godzilla. He's just just a gigantic monster who's killed more things than have than King Kong could ever fight. You know, he took on Mothra. Mothra would have destroyed King Kong, you know, or King oh Ghidorah, God, yeah. whatever it was. All these things would have destroyed Kong. They're in completely different leagues. This it's not even close. Yeah. Uh, I used when we saw uh, the Snyder cut and we watched that, there's a scene where the flash is running away from Superman. The flash whose only superpower is that he's extremely fast and Superman whose superpowers are that he's extremely fast and everything else. <laughs> Uh, Superman's trying to beat up the Flash, and I use the comparison that it would be like if I picked a fight with LeBron James. Um, that's pretty much the same analogy here, except it's like uh, with Godzilla v. Kong. It's like if I picked a fight with LeBron James, but LeBron James is in a tank. <laughs> There's just not really much I can do in this situation. They did uh, make Kong bigger. They made a made a big show of like he can't he keeps growing because he was definitely way bigger. That was one of my things going in was how are they going to make Kong big enough to fight Godzilla? These past movies with Godzilla, I remember seeing some chart online that had all the different outlines like a zoo mm-hmm. book or something, you know, where they show a, a blue whale next to a person. It was like a person <laughs> and then all the different Godzillas. Yeah, the Godzilla <laughs> zoo book. Yeah, I would buy the hell out of that. <laughs> and and the well, the most recent one is the biggest one they've ever done. This is the biggest Godzilla. And somehow King Kong needs to be that big and I and I can't t- it, at moments it looks like they're eye to eye, but mm-hmm. then King Kong is swinging off of skyscrapers and how could he swing off of skyscrapers if he's taller than all of them? 
So the size thing does kind of change a lot. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if it even matters because the fights in this are pretty cool. I would, I think all the times they square off and it's just Godzilla fighting King Kong. It's awesome. I, I love it. I'm here for it. When they start fighting Mecha Godzilla, I was like, yes, this is all I want. More of this. Less of Millie Bobby Brown. More of this CGI fight fest, you know? And unfortunately for you, we got so little giant monster fighting in a movie that was literally named after a fight between the two characters. So I, there was, little. You thought this we was got so maybe little? three, right? There's the, um, we got a Godzilla attack. Doesn't count. We've seen that. We get it. He's fucking Godzilla. Um, we get the one where they're on the boats. We get the one where they're in Hong Kong. Is that it? Yeah, but the Hong Kong one is like the last half hour of the movie and they fight each other and then they tag team Mechagodzilla. Uh, but you're right. There is a lot of the movie where they're not. Fight. It's it's a 90 minute movie and they're fighting for maybe 30 minutes of it, 40 minutes of it. I think what uh, I want from these movies is I want them to know what they are and be what they are less apologetically. That was my exact same note with King of the Monsters, too, is that we got a couple of fights. We got a lot of connective tissue with people that we we just don't fucking care. If you want people to care about these movies and spend money on them, make it 90 minutes of the fight scenes. You're not doing anybody you're not doing anybody any services by acting like they're there for anything else. They just I think <sighs> it's just a budget thing. They don't have the budget for it. That's what people want. We talked to, during the, the Snyder Cut uh, pod we did where I like a Snyder Cut. I want a Snyder Cut. I think it should have Lord of the Rings where they just cut out the hobbits because it's like for me, the <laughs> hobbits is just like, who cares about these hobbits? I just want to see Aragorn fucking shit up. They need to do like Snyder Cuts. Of, I guess it's the opposite of a Snyder Cut because a Snyder Cut is adding three hours to something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need to do just a cut of all these movies where it's just the CGI fighting. How how much more excited for this movie be? <laughs> how much more exciting for this movie would you be if it came out and you heard it was going to be 45 minutes long? <laughs> 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 if you saw a movie, you're like, I'm going to pay $15 for a movie ticket to see a 45-minute movie called Godzilla vs. King Kong. I feel like I would be so excited if I knew. There's no fat on this thing. It is just CGI <laughs> bumper to bumper. <laughs> Uh, is that i mean okay realistically is that why these actors are in it at all are the actors just there so that you feel like if you're spending 15 dollars on a ticket to this thing you've seen a movie instead of just some grad students like animation final project i think they look at the budget they say here's our budget how much fight can we have in a movie for this budget? We can do 40 minutes of of CGI fighting. OK, how do we fill the rest of our time? I think that's genuinely what it is, is we need people to stall in between the CGI fight scenes that people like paid to see. So here's what I'm thinking. You drop Alexander Skarsgård. You get two more minutes of fighting. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that every day of the week. I would too. I would too. What's his salary? How much? What? What could we get for his salary? I want to look I mean, at the budget. I got to look at the budget yeah. stuff. 
So while you're looking up the budget stuff, let me ask you this. I just said I'm going to look up the budget stuff. I'm making no effort to look up the oh, budget stuff. <laughs> I minimized a browser window when you said you're going to do that. Because I was like, he's got it. Um, so okay. I guess I'll ask I'll a question and Google this at the same time. So my question for you this question for you is this, Tim. Um, did having Godzilla fight Kong, a mammal... With a budget for $160 million. For the entire movie? That's what it says. Approximately $160 million. Okay. 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 Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, it's all good. Did having Godzilla fight Kong, a giant mammal, change the nature of watching these fight scenes for you? Because for myself personally, it made them less enjoyable. When I see an animal that looks like me, that kind of looks vaguely human... Getting hurt just makes me feel real bad for the animal. I, I think that's why I was rooting, rooting for Kong is he's using an axe. He's fighting the way we would have to fight if we were a hundred story Brian Cranston trying <laughs> to fight Godzilla. We would have to be using similar tactics to King Kong, utilizing tools, using our environment, the sneak attack, climbing <laughs> <laughs> climbing a skyscraper, throwing something so Godzilla looks the other way, and then jumping on him <laughs> like a like an animatronic like an animatronic spider in a haunted house, just like dropping from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think that that made me more invested in these fights. You know, have you ever, you ever seen Pacific Rim, where they had yeah. these giant mechs and they were fighting each other? Those fight scenes were pretty cool. I mean, it's the same problem where it's like, you know, not enough fighting in any of these movies. They're selling us on mm. fighting. There's no fighting. Um, but it's people in these things. And when an arm gets ripped off or whatever, you're like, oh, my God, this person feels pain. Like, that's kind of the hook of that. Oh, my God, that mech got destroyed. A human being died. <laughs> and I just don't feel the same thing for Godzilla. I think if Godzilla died, I would feel nothing. And when King Kong died, I was just like, oh, man, that that sucks. Yeah, I you definitely I felt for it a lot more. It was like a masterclass in why you don't ever want Pokemon to look too realistic because you're you're watching this and this wave just kind of hit me at one point in the movie where I was like, this is dog fighting. They're huge, but it's I'm watching a dog fight right now. And King Kong knows language. He knows sign language. Oh, He's my God. Communicating okay. with the little girl. He's a thinking, so, living, feeling animal that they are pimping out to fight a gigantic lizard. <laughs> It'd be like if you went to the zoo and they were like, cool, you guys are just in time for our chimpanzee to fight a crocodile. <laughs> we haven't fed the crocodile in two months. <laughs> we taped a banana to its head and we're just going to see what happens. And before you ask, don't worry. The chimpanzee does know what's going on. <laughs> And he is scared. And before it happens, they prove that he knows sign language. Don't worry. This isn't some dumb animal. This is a thinking, <laughs> feeling thing. They take a kitten away from it because he's been like mothering a kitten oh this God. whole time. And then they hand him an axe and they say, guys, sit back. Enjoy the show. It's crocodile versus champion chimpanzee axe. Uh. <laughs> Look, if anything, he's too aware of what's happening. He's very aware. He's very uh. emotional. When so, Kong cries, I cry. I cry. How long early in the movie it's revealed that Kong has not actually been on Skull Island. He has been in a containment facility 
that uh, the giant government organization monarch has set up for him. Tim, how long? I thought that was on Skull Island. That wasn't on Skull Island? I did too. I I think maybe they trapped him on Skull Island. Uh, But either way, he's in a habitat and he's very much like in an enclosure. How long? I didn't catch an actual number in the movie. I just wanted to know how long you think Kong was in there because the first movie took place like Vietnam War era, right? Oh my gosh, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. I don't I don't know. Well, is this this is only I I know they talk about the monster verse. I don't think mm-hmm. it includes the first King Kong movie, the one where he's like in New York and climbs a skyscraper. I think it no. starts with Skull Island, right? Yeah. Is that Vietnam era era? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Uh Let's see here. But it, uh, I don't know. But we're doing a lot of good research while this, <laughs> this podcast. We sure are. What Live year on air. We're learning Sky it. Skull Island. The story takes place in 1973. And then Kong vs. Godzilla takes place in the present day. So he is now a, what, you want to say 50 year old <laughs> gorilla? Sure. <laughs> so this is a senior citizen that's being forced to bet. He just wants to retire. In the inner world, the core, sit on his little little throne um, and and live a peaceful life. And we keep forcing him to fight Godzilla, who is only attacking us because there's an evil company that's trying to do stuff. I don't know. I also want to point out. uh, I just want to point out that. Saying that he's like 50 years old presumes that he was born when the first movie took place. I would venture to say he was at least 20, 30 years old in giant ape years at that point. So we're talking about a 70, 80 year old. (laughs) We're talking this. This gorilla is old enough to run for president. In the 70s, in its 70s or 80s. Oh, uh, my God. It's, uh, yeah, it's a sad, it's the more you think about King Kong, it's, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's kind of uh, crazy. Okay, what about, about how how many of those years, how many of those years do you think Kong has been in this enclosure? I'm going to say at least since 2000. At least since 2000. Great. So, um, yeah. This we see the enclosure has a ton of cameras all over it. So let's just say, you know, 21 years he's been in this enclosure with cameras on him 24 seven. It's not like this is a random nature enclosure. He is the point of the enclosure. He is very Mm -hmm. much under observation. Um, Little girl managed to teach him all of American Sign Language. Nobody noticed. (laughs) Nobody that many cameras. Nobody noticed. She taught him all of sign language. Because they have some in-depth conversations. They say enemy. Yeah. They say all this stuff. <laughs> also, if you're blowing my mind, too, with this, with the age of the original movie, because I assume the girl was like of a Skull Island tribe that somehow got attacked by Kong. But she's I don't, I don't understand how she's even there if they built this enclosure and it's been he's been if he's been in there for longer than a couple of years, then the timeline doesn't make any sense with this girl. Right. 
with the little oh, kid. Right. There's no way that she's, I mean, unless Skull Island has like magic that makes you extremely young all the time. If it's like <laughs> Peter Pan's running around somewhere, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's just got some, some weird Neverland qualities that, that King Kong never grows old. And all those scientists, we needed something from like Snarsgard showing up and bumping into that lady who's like running the Kong exhibit and being like, oh my God, you haven't aged a day. And then it's just turns out she's like a 90 year old woman who's just been living on skull island studying studying king kong this whole time uh (laughs) is there any because i i was for a moment i got excited about the the group that was uh millie bobby brown fire fist from deadpool 2 and then paperboy from atlanta such a good lineup of people this is what i feel like that's the closest to the like the vibe we need in these movies, which is just throwing together three people with pretty high approval ratings from completely different worlds and just seeing what happens. Uh, they were the most interesting group. I did not care at all about what the other crew was up to Found them very boring. But uh, and ultimately the Millie Bobby Brown click wasn't very exciting either. But I feel like there's a lot of potential there. And that dude and Paperboy is just great i feel like i walked away from this movie saying that dude's a great actor he's doing oh, he's, so he's doing a ton of work in this movie uh he, he's kind of got the tone of it he's just very invested in what's going on i just i thought he was great i i love showed him. up man brian tyree henry i that dude is amazing uh i love that he took this shitty shitty movie as an opportunity to actually play a different role than he has in the past <laughs> uh great you know make the most of it He's not just taking the paycheck. He's putting a little bit of something in there for him, too. (laughs) Is there anything they could do in these movies to make the actors matter or interesting? Or is there any actors they could do? My my pitch or my idea, maybe, was to just get. I don't even know who it would be. Just get like Kate McKinnon in there. <laughs> get like just the best like comedy people. Get like Zach Galifianakis. Just throw as many like comedy people in there as possible. Just be weird. Just get random, you know, get like Ray Romano and Eminem to like somehow connect this to the funny, like to uh, whatever the Judd Apatow universe, you know, you know how like they have. What is that? What's that movie? Funny Man or whatever? The Adam Sandler one for Apatow where he's uh-huh. doing the stand-up thing. And there's that interaction with where Eminem just hates Ray Romano for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the kind of humor that I want to see in these movies where they just insert, I don't know, <laughs> Chris Evans in here and just has a feud with 50 Cent just in the background of this movie. Uh, it's insane that they're taking these movies where the... <laughs> Uh, parts of it that involve human actors are completely inconsequential and they're taking no risks at all. There <laughs> are no risks. Being, they have the biggest fucking safety net in the world and they're taking no risks with it. I'm totally with you. I think you also nailed it. I think Ray Romano is the guy. You got to get Ray Romano in here. <laughs> give Ray me Ray Romano. Romano give awesome. me uh, Kate McKinnon on like the level she was in in Ghostbusters in 2015 mm-hmm. she was like on a very fun wavelength in there and i think the only way that it works that you get anything out of people in these movies is if you make them matter at all uh because at the end of the day all of the giant monsters that were shown in this universe they 
have their own personalities. They make their own decisions. So humans can try to do whatever the fuck they want. The giant monsters are just going to go about their day. So if there was maybe some way where it was like the monsters seem to have less visible personalities and maybe there's a way that the humans that are involved are trying to kind of direct them at each other in order to accomplish something. Yes. Um, maybe that, like steering a horse by throwing apples in the direction you want it to go. Because Godzilla really has no human connection in this movie at all. No. He's nothing. just attacking this company, this evil company that is trying to harness Godzilla power. And for some reason, he senses that and he's just attacking it. And that's pretty much Godzilla's whole role in this movie. <laughs> and yeah. then and then citizens who are reacting to the fact I also think if I lived in this world and Godzilla attacked a factory that did who knows what science, I'd be kind of thinking maybe we should shut, shut down this project. I don't know. Maybe someone should look at this uh, thing. If Godzilla just attacked a random uh, Amazon distribution center, I'd be like, hey, man, can we can we take a walk around? Can we can we see if there's anything here? What are you guys working on over there? Uh is it all uh, like Amazon clothes or are you building a nuclear reactor in the basement? If you are, maybe we could shut that down to stop our whole Godzilla problem. Uh, but King Kong, then they're like kind of setting him up to fight Godzilla. So they're kind of leading King Kong. But then I don't know, Mechagodzilla shows up at the end and he just wants to destroy King Kong. I mean, what does he want to do? He's fighting King Kong and he just wants to attack Godzilla. Is that the whole point that he was made? And I don't know. So there was like a leftover piece. I don't know if they really brought this idea home. Part of the way that they had a henchman controlling Mechagodzilla was using brain tissue and neurons from one of the skulls of King Ghidorah from uh, yeah. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And then I, if I interpreted it right, the King Ghidorah skull, there was enough of Ghidorah left over in there to like fry the human's brain and take over Mechagodzilla. So what we were really seeing was Ghidorah in a Mechagodzilla body trying to reassert its dominance uh, over the world. But I don't know, man. I Again, I think you got to take more risks and just fucking go. You got to accept at a certain point that you're making a Godzilla movie and you got to have some fun with it. I want to ask you this about Mechagodzilla specifically. Uh, there's a giant fight scene into the movie, Mechagodzilla. Obviously, I'm sure you can imagine, gets a shit rocked. They pull an arm off and they pull his head off. So much fluid comes out of Mecha Godzilla. Tim, what was that fluid? What was it? Was it oil? Oh, that was uh, um, that was machine fluid. Kevin, without, oh, getting, yes, too, without getting too technical, if you build a giant robot that's supposed to fight another robot, you need some sort of fluid going throughout the robot so that when an arm's ripped off, it looks like blood, but it's not blood because if it was right. blood, then we'd have to make it an R. But um. <laughs> in PG 13, you can show as much uh, machine fluid as you want. Nobody cares. So somebody's got to tell uh, the people to do <clears throat> battle bots because I think battle bots would be a lot more fun if there was <gasps> robot blood leaking all over the arena. I mean, yeah, they definitely could have had more robot blood. Um, how, how problematic was the embrace of pseudoscience in this movie? This movie was a celebration of crackhead conspiracy theories. They were absolutely adoring the fact that Brian Tyree Henry's character showers in bleach. 
Uh, Which doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't it hurt you? Wouldn't you you wear goggles? It would hurt so bad. His skin would be burnt. (laughs) Uh, They are able to uh, get Kong to his promised land by going to the center of that hollow earth that we all live on. Uh, The science behind which was, I mean, good God, even for Godzilla versus Kong. What a bullshit explanation for how it works to go inside of the earth. Yeah, that that part made no sense that it was just if if we're going with the budget excuse that there wasn't enough budget for fighting. Let's cut out 10 minutes of the underground thing. Let's yeah. get rid of all that stuff. Let's get right to CGI fighting. They they went into this whole underground thing. I guess what was the point of doing that? It was just to sh- to take up 30 minutes of the movie and then they extracted a little bit of power juice from the center of the earth so that they could power Mecha Godzilla and they just needed a sample. They couldn't even <laughs> they just they just needed a, a sample of the core or something like that. They couldn't. I don't. Do you and know what they, it actually might have been? <clears throat> I, I mean, look, there's you can write around any of this shit. I'm wondering if the actual reason they needed to go into the middle of the earth was because they had. So they they go into the center of the earth in Antarctica because there's only one point from which you can enter the center of the earth, which is like a big blue spirally vortex that Alexander Skarsgård's brother tried to go through once, uh, but died specifically because he was crushed to death, which Alexander Skarsgård knows because how, uh, so they go in there, uh, they go through this whole massive warp tunnel thing. It's a, it's a, Big ordeal. It's got to be which, at least 60 minutes of this movie is them going down into this tunnel. It's so deep. Which they needed King Kong to find, even though he walks in, goes in a straight line right to this thing. It, it that was already look that hard to find. No, they'd already found it. Alexander Skarsgård's brother already <laughs> went into it. So <laughs> they go in there, um, manage to get to the center of the earth, go find like Kong Tower, like a palace that his, I guess, ancestors used to have. Uh, While we're in Kong Tower in the center of the earth, Godzilla in Hong Kong emerges, fires his nuclear breath straight down, manages to get all the way to the center of the earth, (laughs) shoots a shot all the way down so deep that Kong can then just (laughs) climb back out. But there's no vortex or anything this time. There's no like crazy blue no. spiral. Nobody has to go through anything like that. Gravity's not reversed. Nobody's threatened to be crushed. Uh, Godzilla just digs deeper. <laughs> I need that on a shirt. Godzilla digs deeper. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, you can just you could have just bypassed this whole Antarctica bullshit if you had fire breath that, that cored the earth. Here's here's my proposal to you. I think I'm going to fix this movie in like two seconds. Right. Sure. Here's my premise. Instead of needing to get energy from the core of the earth, which is like the Godzilla thing. What Mm -hmm. if this evil company was setting up uh, targets for Godzilla to attack with the intention of absorbing enough of his fire beam breath to be able to analyze it? So they are intentionally jeopardizing cities in the United States setting them up for a Godzilla attack where he starts blasting them purely so they can gather enough data to replicate the energy that he generates. Because ultimately that is, that's all they do at the end of the movie is, is that replicate this stuff. 
That is so much better. That is immediately so much better. <laughs> Call Cranston. Then we then we tie Kong in because the government, whatever, for whatever reason, wants to get rid of Kong. Godzilla becomes a problem. And then they barter. Then the people who watch Kong barter on his behalf, saying, if we let if Kong takes care of Godzilla for you, you will let him live on Australia or whatever for the rest of his life. (laughs) (laughs) You just say, listen, there's an, there's an Island in Hawaii. Kong can have it. If, if you take care of our Godzilla problem. So now God's now King Kong is like a hired thug to take out this Godzilla who is unintentionally being provoked by this evil corporation, which at the very end of the movie, they get enough energy to create this mech. I mean, it's easy to come up with some dumb excuse to skip like half the movie. They were literally just stalling in between CGI fights. I, it just makes me, it just makes me hate it even more. Mm. Just a missed opportunity. Check out the fights on YouTube. That's all that's worth it here. I think you know what? from while it's on uh, HBO, check it out. Just fast forward every time you see a person. Every time you see a person, hit fast forward. As soon as there's no person on screen, just just soak it in. Enjoy, man. There's 30 yeah. good minutes in this movie. I think from uh, Godzilla in 2014 to now, we have maybe accumulated the 45 minutes of fight scenes that you want one of these movies to be. <laughs> I think we've maybe gotten there. <laughs> If you just take all the fight scenes out of the monster verse thing and just threw them all together, that would be a whole movie unto itself. I, we need Kong that. Kong was kind of good. I'll ride for Kong. Kong was kind of good. Kong Skull Island. I have to check it out ride. again. I remember yeah. it being the most fun and it oh, made definitely. sense that people were there. I don't know. Kong's a much better character than Godzilla is. Godzilla way cooler. Kong a way better character. Definitely. Uh, on that note, should we this? wrap it up, Kevin? I think this so. was godzilla vs kong nerdy for 30 uh check out the pod like rate review subscribe tell people and we'll be back uh sometime next week talking uh falcon and winter soldier and maybe some other uh fun pod stuff along the way bye (laughs) bye